It's time to eat. Get in my belly. Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Evan Silva. Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, presented as always by betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Just use that promo code podcast one for the 50% welcome bonus and it is tears of Evan we have already done quarterbacks tight ends running backs wide receivers and based on many of your requests today we are doing defense and special teams which I don't think Evan we did before but people want them so we'll give them what they want next week will be my O-line tears I'm at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter and Instagram. Facebook is facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. He is at Evan Silva on Twitter from EstablishTheRun.com. And we are not giving away another Fantasy Feast redraft entry today because I don't think anybody really stepped up to the plate. I gave away to Michael Worster on yesterday's episode with Chris Harris, Michael Worster, who took advantage of the Manscaped code. I told you guys Manscaped and Patreon.com slash RT Media, becoming a patron, were the key. Didn't get enough quality entries, so only one, because we also get to give away an NFL Game Pass code, which is amazing because NFL Game Pass is awesome, especially in the preseason right now. I don't know if you guys have seen it or not. You can go in, you can look at all of Daniel Jones throws, you can look at all of you know Kyler Murray's throws and Cliff Kingsbury's offense. There are so many different awesome aspects of NFL Game Pass. Like for me, I'll give you one example, one real life example. I'm obviously the color commentator or some of you don't know this, but whatever. I'm the color commentator for the Eagles television network on their preseason games. So I DVR'd it at my house just because I wanted to have it on the big screen or whatever. Well, it ran out. like with, And there was fourth quarter. There was still time to be played in the game. And I, I didn't do extended time or whatever. Guess what? Enter NFL Game Pass. They've got the condensed version. They've got the full-length version. So I was able to pick up right where my DVR on my TV left off. I didn't even need my DVR on my TV. Obviously, I could have just watched the whole thing on Game Pass. But that's just one example. I literally just used Game Pass two days ago to finish watching my broadcast because I take notes. That's how awesome it is. And you can look up any player's performance in the preseason. They've got every game. And they've got a seven-day free trial right now. Sign up at NFL.com slash Fantasy Feast Eaton. E-A-T-I-N. Again, NFL.com slash Fantasy Feast Eaton, which is cool. Almost as cool as the fact that they're giving me some free codes to give to you guys. So if you're not paying attention on social media, Brian, our producer, tweeted at RTF Podcast, and I tweeted at Ross Tucker NFL about the fact that we would be giving away a free NFL Game Pass subscription here on today's feast. So you had to retweet it and listen 
to be eligible. That's the key. You had to retweet it and listen. And the winner is, do you have like a drum roll or something, Brian? The winner is Troy Fetty. You know why? Because he retweeted my tweet, at Ross Tucker NFL. And I saw in his bio, co-defensive coordinator, D-line O-line coach, assistant wrestling coach, assistant softball coach at Weir High School in Weirton, West Virginia. That dude sounds awesome, and he sounds like the kind of guy that absolutely deserves to have an NFL Game Pass subscription. So, Troy, email me, ross at rostucker.com. I'll let you know how you can get your free subscription. All of you guys can get free subscriptions the next few weeks. I've got more free codes to give out. Just make sure you're retweeting it when Brian or I tweet out the fact that we're giving away a free code. Make sure you retweet that or quote tweet it. And then, obviously listen to the show so you can hear if you win. Like you always win when you take advantage of the Sleeper app, which is from our buddy who's a listener, Daniel Lim, Top 20 sports app, the number one rated fantasy app, Evan, on iOS and Android. Look, they got Juju Smith-Schuster hosting a league on the sleep rap. He's playing. So, boom, they got legitimately, like, players doing this. Fantasy, like, real NFL players that are into fantasy are on this sleep rap. They've got infinite customization, sick draft boards. The design of the app is cool. You can see why it's number one rated app. Very, very legit. And I highly recommend you check it out because it is awesome. So sleep wrap. Speaking of checking it out, Evan, let's dive into it. Let's check out your defense and special teams tiers. Uh, so, Evan, can you just start by confirming we haven't done – have we done defense and special teams the other years, or is this the first year? Never, never. Uh, but we did get some requests for it this year. So, you know, we're here for the people. So that's what we're going to do. Yep, I, I agree. So I, I'm just curious. You obviously are the expert. How many – what percentage of leagues would you say still have defense special teams? Oh, probably still 99%. I mean, there's definitely been a push to eliminate defenses and kickers, which, I mean, I'm cool with it either way. I think the big thing is just add a flex position. I mean, there should certainly be a flex in every single league. And I think that every, that if you already have, if you only have one flex, add another one. Uh, it just makes the game more fun. We're more knowledgeable now than we were 10 years ago when – you know, fantasy football really started to take off. And, uh, you know, the, people were just not as, you know, people would buy a magazine off a store shelf and that's how they do their research, you know, but people are, are going way more in depth with their research. Like let's not live in the stone age, you know, let's, let's continue to, to push this forward. We have more knowledge now. And so, um, you know, let's, let's add a flex, you know, that let's, let's go deeper. Let's make our benches deeper. Um, so that that's where I, I kind of am. I, I'm not really super in favor of of uh, eliminate kicker and defense, except for in dynasty leagues. Uh, I would absolutely eliminate them in dynasty leagues. But uh, in like a, a season long redraft or 
Um, yeah, in, in, in a regular standard fantasy draft, I'm fine with keeping them. Uh, just add another flex. And, and that kind of also, if you add another flex, it diminishes the impact of the kicker and the defense on the weekly scoring. So I, I, I am adamantly opposed to the kicker. I think that's ridiculous. Okay, I, I think having a kicker is just stupid, and having a flex instead of the kicker is way better. Defense special teams, I could go either way, but I think yeah. we all enjoy a lot more talking about tight ends, wide receivers, running backs, quarterbacks than we even do the defense special teams part of it. But the kicker thing, I mean, to have games won or lost based on that is ridiculous. I Honestly, I think it's ridiculous in real life, let alone ridiculous in fantasy football. So uh, that, I'm with you. That's I think the more the first flex position that should go. If, if you're going to eliminate a position and add a flex, kicker's the first one to go, no question. Yeah, kicker's one, and then two would be defense special teams. And I feel like... The more flexes you add, the the more um, really the more time that you put in, it, it it pays off, right? Like knowing who the deep guys are, watching on preseason games, knowing who to take flyers in. I, I just feel like the more flex positions there are, the more the the right person, the smartest person, the best person has the best chance to win. Do you think that's fair? Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, it enhances uh, skill. It emphasizes skill and it diminishes luck because in a decision-making game, which fantasy football is a decision-making game. It's all about decisions from, you know, who are you going to take for, with your, you know, all your picks in your draft? What trades are you going to make? Are you going to accept this trade? Are you going to, you know, reject this trade? Are you going to, you know, how much fab are you going to spend on a guy to get him off the waiver wire. Um, you know, are you going to use your waiver priority on this particular player? Uh, you know, what strategy are you going to, are you going to take into your draft, et cetera, et cetera. It's all about making decisions and in a game of decision-making, when you have more decisions to make, then the better decision maker, the more skilled fantasy player is going to benefit from that. And when you add a flex, you're, you're, you're requiring more decisions of each league owner. So, um, yeah, no question that, that it, it helps um, emphasize and highlight skill and diminishes the impact of luck. So I, I guess I want to know before we actually dive into your tiers, what are we talking about here typically, defense, special teams, in terms of points and in terms of how much of a difference it makes in a given week or a season typically, Evan? Um, well, I mean, it, it depends. You know, I think that the optimal way to approach the defense slash special teams um, position is to stream against bad offenses. And what I mean by that is, and we're, we're going to really hit on this with the Cowboys because they open up with just a beautiful schedule in the first three games, and you could get them in the last round of pretty much every draft. I and mean, I've just been taking them like in every draft. Um but you you just you want to you want to get defenses that have a chance to um, have a lot of sacks. Uh, sacks you know naturally translate to disruption, forced fumbles, you know potentially pick sixes, um, and you want to get quarterbacks that play uncomfortably, that are prone to turnovers, um, and uh, that's that you know we we've been ta- we have been talking about this for years really 
uh, as our way to uh, use streamers at defense on the fantasy feast on the, on our weekly show. Um, but yeah, I mean that that's emphasized uh, at, at you know when you are drafting. Like, look at if you don't get like the Bears, you know the Bears were probably the only every week starter among defense slash special teams. And even then, I mean, we were talking about that. We we're talking about the Jaguars in the same way that we're talking about the Bears this year. The Jaguars weren't even a top five fan, top fifteen fantasy defense last year. So defenses really, really fluctuate uh, from year to year. Uh, studies have been done by Five Thirty Eight and by um, uh, Football Outsiders that that show that not just in fantasy but in real life, offenses have uh, much more continuity year to year, and defenses tend to really fluctuate and regress and, and, you know, negatively regress and positive regress all the time. So, um, but yeah, we, we really want to target defenses at the outset that are going up against bad offenses early in the season. You don't want to like, you know, pick, pick your defense. And then in week one, like they're facing the Patriots and like, you got to drop them or you have to use two uh, roster spots on defenses, you know, because you, you can't use, a defense against, you know, the Chiefs or, or the Patriots. Uh, it's just, it's a really, really bad move. So on a typical week, Evan, there's two, two more points I have on this. In a typical week, how many, like what's an average number of points for a defense special team? What's a good number? And how often do you think that that makes the difference between a win or a loss for somebody? So last year, the Bears were number one, and they scored 179 points in 17 games, which would be a little bit over 10 points a game. Now, they scored more points over the course of the season. They scored 28 more points than the number two defense, which I want to say it was the Chiefs. I'm doing this. All, I'm, I'm driving from Bloomington to Chicago right now, so I'm doing this all off of memory. Um the Chiefs were either number two or number or number three, and they were really close to uh, whichever team, you know, the other team that was two or three. Um, but the the Bears had 28 more points than the next closest defense. So what is I mean that you know about if you have a good defense, probably giving you about eight points a game uh, or, or eight points a week. So. Um, and then, you know, of course, the elite defense gives you what, what 11 or whatever the, the, the Bears gave us. So, I mean, that kind of gives you a, an idea of what a good defense score is. It's like eight points, which is about the same as a kicker. And that would be a bad point total. It would be a horrible point total for a quarterback. It would be a below average point total for a tight end. And then, um, you know, a bad point total for a running back or – a receiver. But to me, even just what we're talking about, right, which is like you just got to stream against crappy quarterbacks, like that that shouldn't be the difference in who wins a fantasy week or not or who ends up going to the fantasy playoffs or not because one guy, you know, was streaming against crappy quarterbacks. Like I, I don't like – I like the draft. I, I like the skill guys. I just think – you know, who, who's the first guy to be able to claim this team that week and, and play against Nathan Peterman and so he wins because of that? Like, I, I don't know. Like yeah. that, that to me is not what it's supposed to be about. I don't know. Hey, that that's fair. I mean, these are the kind of debates that we – I mean, there's certainly some skill and some 
work that goes into, hey, looking ahead and planning ahead and being like, hey, you know, I could pick up this defense next week and they might be playing against Nate Peterman. You know, you're you're and to some extent you should be awarded for thinking ahead and working hard and outworking your opponents. But these are the debates that we should start to have. Um, and I, I think they're they're very good d- debates to have. Uh, certainly at the kicker and the defense positions. Again, as we as we have just more knowledge as a, a fan you know, in, in this this game that, that we play. All right, so then let's get to your tiers, and this is pretty interesting. You kind of already talked about it, right? We get it, but your tiers, tier one, the Chicago Bears. Boom. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that is. That's the entire tier one is the Bears. Shoot, no, I'm pulling it, I'm pulling it up here. Uh, the Bears, yeah, I mean, not only do they have the best defense in the league entering the season, and by the way, Khalil Mack and Eddie Jackson both dealt with high ankle sprains. Those guys are critical to fantasy scoring because Khalil Mack is a disruptor and he's a, a ball stripper. I mean, I, I haven't seen – I don't think I've ever seen a dude who just like every time he tackles – a ball carrier, he is just right like he's got his hat or his his arm on the ball, you know, and he, he's so good about that. It's like he has like an innate knack for just just being a, a disruptive force. And he played through a high ankle sprain last year, um, and so did Eddie Jackson, especially at the end of the season. Eddie Jackson is like a, a pick six machine, you know. He's like our uh, a lowercase Ed Reed, and he's you know he's a field flipper, man. Um, and those guys are obviously back healthy. This team is downgrading, well, I, I, changing defensive coordinators from Vic Fangio to Chuck Pagano. Chuck Pagano, you know, had a really good reputation uh, with Baltimore. His defenses with Indianapolis were real bad, though, you know, in large part due to personnel. Uh, but And he was out of the game last year. It would be interesting to see if they have any you know, just schematic fall off because I think that everyone would agree that Vic Fangio is, um, you know, ma- ma- you know, a top three defensive coordinator in the NFL up there with Wade Phillips and Bill Belichick probably. Um, so, you know, that, that's a little bit of room for concern. And then, but another edge that they have is their, their, their badass special teams, man. Uh, Tariq Cohen returns punts and Cordero Patterson returns kicks. I mean, you could not come up with a better kickoff and punt return duo than that. Um, so that's kind of like the, the cherry on top for the Bears. I think it's interesting that you have them in a tier by themselves when it just doesn't seem like this is that predictive. You know, like turnovers no. and how many they generated a year ago is that predictive. I, I'm with you on on Eddie and on Khalil Mack. Like, I, I get that, but... We'll see. I think that's. I think that's. I think that's interesting. Tier two, you've got the Eagles ahead of the Chargers, ahead of the Rams, ahead of the Jaguars. Yeah, tier two. So the Bears right now are a defense that I would view as being an every week starter. Although in week one, I mean, if you draft the Bears, you're going to start them against the Packers. But that's not necessarily, you know. The, the optimal choice because you're going to have, you know, the Ravens against the Dolphins, man. You know, you're going to have, um, 
you know, as I met the Cowboys against the Giants, Cowboys at home against Eli Manning. You know, there there are going to be better plays in Week One than the Bears, and that's kind of the the risk that you run by taking the Bears. Uh, you're going to have to use them, you know, even against good offenses. And you know, potentially they'll pay off, but um, that, I, I don't like to do that. I would rather, you know, the Bears always go like four or five rounds before I would even consider them. Um, and you know, I just that's a situation that I wanted to to avoid, even though I have them in that top tier. Eagles, Eagles have finished as a top. They they lead off this tier two. These defense have a chance, I think, to be every week starters. The Eagles have finished as a top seven fantasy defense slash special teams in two of the last three years. Last year, they were awful. They were 29th, but they lost uh, so many guys due to injury um, and, you know, felt some effects of, of offensive regression too. Like the, the way that the offense plays very much affects a fantasy defense. You want to have your offense playing out in front. You want to, you want to have, you want to have defenses that are on, teams that play with leads because then the defense gets to pin its ears back. Um, and I think the Eagles are going to go to the Super Bowl this year. I think they have the best roster, certainly in the NFC. Um, I don't know about in the entire league, but I, I think that they're right up there. And, and I think that they have the best roster in their conference. So they're at very least my NFC Super Bowl pick. I think they're going to have a ton of leads this year. This is why I like Miles Sanders, even though He's probably going to open the season getting like 10 to 13 touches per game. I, I think that he, they're going to be in such favorable situations for him uh, that, that he could exceed expectations with his touches. They're going to just be in a lot of run-friendly scenarios. They're going to score a lot of points. They added Malik Jackson and Zach Brown, uh, critical additions, especially after they lost uh, Camus Gruguier-Hill. Gruger Hill, Gruger. Gruger Hill. Okay, yeah. Uh, who was going to be a key part of their defense, uh, but he got hurt. But so that Zach Brown, that that Zach Brown signing really comes in handy now. And Malik Jackson was just a great signing, you know, classic Howie Roseman, um, picking up a dude for a, a, a fairly affordable price uh, relative to the impact that he can give them on the interior as a gap shooter. Derek Barnett, Rodney McLeod. Ronald Darby, Timmy Jernigan, all back after uh, injury ruined and or impacted seasons. Um, I, I, I love the Eagles defense. You know, if you're going to take um, – who do the Eagles play week one? Redskins. Oh, baby. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, oh, man, I need to start getting more Eagles defense. Okay. Second defense in this tier, Chargers. I think that they have – maybe the best defense on paper in the league right up there with the bears. Uh, I definitely have them with the best, most talented defense in the AFC, uh, getting back Joey Bosa, Denzel Perryman, Trevor Williams back healthy. Casey Hayward, I think was playing hurt for most of last season. Derwin James is an absolute monster. Melvin Ingram up front. Um, I am ex- really excited about this defense. They're coordinated very well by Gus Bradley, uh, and I, they've become the strength of that team. The Rams uh, are number four. They have finished uh, as a top three fantasy defense in each of the two seasons under uh, Wade Phillips. Um, you know, obviously bringing back Aaron Donald, 
And then the Jaguars round out this group. You know, the Jaguars were very, very disappointing last year if you drafted them in fantasy. I mean, you you either were just taking like, you know, you were taking bad scores or you were smart enough to just drop them and start streaming or else they were hurting you, you know, you and you were taking those bad scores. They did um, add Josh Allen uh, with the number seven pick in the draft. No one expected him to fall that far, but he did. That gives them some insurance against Yannick Nguakwe's holdout. Losing Telvin Smith, I think, hurts in the middle of the field. And then the guy they kind of drafted to replace him, uh, Quincy Williams, uh, looks like he's going to be injured through the start of the regular season. So they're already dealing with some bumps and bruises. I I do think they have enough talent that they belong in this tier. And I think their offense is going to be better. And I think that will help them. So that's why I have them top five still. I think tier three, Evan, might be your biggest tier. It is the Vikings, Patriots, Ravens, Cowboys, Steelers, Broncos, Packers, and the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, at some point, defense has just become not worthy of drafting, obviously. You know, you don't want to draft two defenses in a 12-team season-long league. You know, you're only going to take one. So that that's kind of like the, the line of demarcation here. I, I would probably extend it into a little bit into tier four uh, in terms of just draftable defenses. Um, so, but, uh, but you know, the, these are guys that I, these are defenses that I, I do think are solid draft picks late in the, you know, late in the draft within the final two rounds, the Vikings lead off this tier as my defense six, they return uh, 10 of 11 starters from last year's defense, which finished in the top 10 year over year Mike Zimmer consistently delivers in the sack column they're just like a kind of a bankable defense year over year the Patriots finished as last year's defense seven Um, their their only truly big loss I think was Trey Flowers but they replaced him with Michael Bennett so I don't anticipate a big fall off you can use them frequently because they play the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Bills, you know, in six of their 16 games. So, you know, at very least, they're going to be a great streamer whenever they play any of those, any of those uh, offenses. Ravens at number eight, they lost Terrell Suggs and Zadarius Smith, accounted for almost half of their sacks last season. Um, and if you look at, you know, their edge rushing uh, depth chart, it's it's not very good. I, there's like legitimate concern about their pass rush, and again, pass rush is probably the number one thing that we want to look for when we are drafting our fantasy defenses. Now they added Earl Thomas in the back end, and I think you can make an argument that they have the best secondary in the league. And you know, there's been a, a debate, kind of at least on in, in football circles on Twitter between what is more valuable, pass rush or pass coverage. I think there's merit to the pass coverage argument being more important in like in terms of real-life football. And I think they're going to have the best, you know, potentially the best pass coverage in the league this year. But pass rush is more important in fantasy. So they're kind of a different or a kind of a difficult defense to gauge, I think. I think they could be real, real good. 
but I could also see them being real, real mediocre. Um, but they do play the Dolphins in Week One, so uh, that that is a you know, that's going to be a really appealing matchup anyway you anyway you slice it. Uh, talked about the Cowboys. I have them way up at number nine. You know, they're first of all they're a defense in ascent, I believe. You know, Byron Jones, Demarcus Lawrence, Leighton Vander Esch, Jalen Smith. Um, you know, they they've got a lot of like frontline young talent in Dallas, and uh, I think that the thing that really stands out to me is first of all you can absolutely use them. They're going to be a top five defense play in week one against Eli Manning, and then in week two they play the Jets, and then in week three they play the Dolphins. So you can just draft them and not worry about your defense for the first three weeks of the season. Uh, I do think the Jets are going to be improved offensively, but hey, Sam Darnold has had turnover issues since USC, and the, the Cowboys are going to be a good play that week, and they're certainly going to be an awesome play uh, against either Ryan Fitzpatrick or Josh Rosen in week three. The Steelers at number 10, you know, they're a candidate to lead the NFL in sacks. I mean, T.J. Watt, Cameron Harrod, Cameron Hayward, uh, Stephon Tuitt, you know, they, they have a lot of, of pass rush firepower. Um, and then the, the Devin Bush dude is looking like – looks already looks like a big-time baller uh, in the middle of the field for the Steelers. That, that should help them a lot. Broncos at number 11. Now, this is a situation where, you know, you love Vic Fangio. You love the, the potential of him with Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. Um, but – the, the offense here could become a problem um, if, you know, this team isn't playing with very many leads. And so uh, that that's my biggest concern with the Broncos. Otherwise, I would probably have them higher. Uh, the, and also they have to play in a division with uh, the, the Chargers and the Chiefs, uh, which does not help. Uh, the Packers at number 12, I think that this defense could take a big leap this year. They emphasized exactly what you know, we're looking for in fantasy over the, like in previous off seasons, they had actually emphasized the secondary with free agency signings and a lot of early draft picks uh, uh, used on their secondary. And actually this off season, they continued to do that by signing uh, Adrian Amos from the bears, a great signing, I believe, but they really emphasized pass rush with Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary wish they would have kept Mike Daniels. You know, certainly wish that they would have, uh, but they do have young talent up front to help replace them. Uh, uh, Kenny Clark in the middle is a, a rising star. Dean Lowry they gave an extension to. Uh, he is a player on the rise. And then I think they expect a Montre- Montrevious Adams out of Auburn to take a big uh, second-year leap. And then the Bills round out this uh, th- this tier – now the Bills are a tough one, another tough one because we know that they're a good defense in real life, but they're also an example of a defense that has thrived on their pass coverage and not necessarily their pass rush. Now, Jerry Hughes is awesome, but he can't do everything by himself uh, in terms of their pass rush. And so they've been a top 12 defense three years running, but in fantasy, they've been 14th, 15th, and 20th in fantasy scoring under Sean McDermott. So, well, I do think that they are draftable. Um, and, and this is another team that could be affected by their offense. They need their offense to take a step forward and grab some leads. Um, but they're, you know, they're, they're kind of a difficult defense to, to gauge from uh, in fantasy. And they're, they're ranked in the middle because they lack that 
you know, 50 sack upside as a team. Hey, before we move on to tier four, which is Chiefs, Saints, Browns, Panthers, Texans, Colts, Lions, and Falcons, I think we talked about this last year, Evan. I love this company so much, BetQL, that I actually invested in it. That's how awesome it is. BetQL, you can get it on the App Store or the Google Play Store. It is the best place I have personally found for sports betting information. They already have so much sharp data for the week one NFL games, for the week one college games. You can stay up to date with the line movement, which if you talk to any of the handicappers, they'll tell you that's really the key is tracking the line movement, be ahead of the line movement. They've got a powerful algorithm that actually spits out. I have the app on my phone. It spits out their best rated bets. So based on line movement and based on their data, they'll say, hey, we like this bet. We like that bet. Plus, if you live in New Jersey or like I do Pennsylvania, you can actually start to bet from your BetQL app. They've got exclusive offers from actual sports books, which is amazing. You go to the bottom of the page, Evan, like here in Pennsylvania, you can see what the line is for every game at all the different sports betting operations. So you can literally know that you're getting the best odds before you place a bet. It's really awesome. Go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the BetQL app. Trust me, BetQL app. All right, Tier 4, Evan, what do you got? I talked about how there are are probably like 17 defenses that are legitimately worth drafting, I think. And we're going to start off here with the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs were awesome as a fantasy defense last year. They were bad in real life. You know, and this is this is a great example. They're the perfect example of why playing with leads is so critical. Do not draft. You know, generally try to not draft defenses on teams that you think might be like, you know, might go 6-10 and 10 or worse. You know, that that's why I'm kind of shaky on the Broncos, even though everything kind of sets up well for them just strictly from a defensive standpoint. But you have to think about these defense and special teams picks, not just from a defense and special team standpoint. You have to think about it from a team standpoint. What game, it's, not just, it's not just the element of defenses being able to pin their ear, ears back. It's, it's teams forcing their opponents into more pass-heavy desperation comeback situations where they they don't necessarily even want to be passing but they have to because they're trying to catch up to the other team okay and that creates very uncomfortable situations for a quarterback and for an offense in general for a for and for a play caller and look you know high like higher upside things can happen in those situations like pick sixes like you know the uh the the strip sacks and Kansas City rocked that last year. I mean, they were, what, top two in the NFL in sacks. And um, now they lost D. Ford and um, Justin Houston, but they did acquire Frank Clark, who's better than both of those guys. They're changing their defensive scheme. They're probably not going to lead quite as much as they did last season, but I still think they're going to lead a lot because – their offense is just an absolute juggernaut. I don't know if you got a chance to see McCole Hardman in uh, the, the Chiefs preseason opener, but, I mean, this dude is going to be really hard to keep off the field, even if it's just like as a, a gadget player. 
um, dude has absolute blazing speed and they're going to use them, I think on, uh, on like jet sweeps and that kind of stuff. Uh, but their, their offense is just so, so high powered. Um, I, I think that they probably, I probably, and I was thinking about this last night when I was, uh, drawing all these up, I think they probably belong in a tier up above this. I just have questions about, you know, they're, they're changing their scheme defensively and, um, you know, what are they going to be like under Steve Spagnuolo? I, I, I'm not sure. But they, they they have pass rush talent in Chris Jones and Frank Clark. And then in the back end, they added Tyrion Matthew, another ball-hawking playmaker. The Saints, the Browns, the Colts, the Falcons in this tier all kind of fall into similar categories. I think they're going to be good teams. And, you know, they might not necessarily have the best defensive personnel. Um but they don't have bad personnel. They, they all have, I think, average to above average personnel. Uh, but I think that they're going to play with more leads this year than they did uh, last season. Not, probably not the Saints, but uh, the Saints are, are just going to be a good team. I think the Saints are probably going to take a step back. But I, th- I still think they're going to be a, a rock-solid team. Um, the Panthers in this tier, I have them at defense number 17, I think they're interesting. You know, they had a top five blitz rate last season, but they were a bottom five team in terms of sacks and quarterback hits. Just the blitzes were not getting home. So what did they do this offseason? They were very aggressive about it. They used the 16th overall pick on Brian Burns, maybe the most explosive outside edge pass rusher in the draft. And then uh, they signed Gerald McCoy away from Tampa Bay, and I think he's going to really help on their interior. I mean, they're, they're going to have Gerald McCoy and Kawan Short uh, on the defensive interior. That, that's going to cause some problems for uh, opposing offenses. And, you know, uh, I think that there's been, there's an argument to make that interior pass rush is more valuable than uh, outside pass rush at this stage of the game uh, because, you know, uh, offenses have been able to have adjusted and um, they're, they are willing to, uh, attempt more short passes in order to offset the impact of outside edge rush. But but the, the interior pressure gets home so quickly that that's a lot harder to offset. Um, so I really like what the Panthers did. They, they bolstered both their outside rush and their interior rush. And I, I think that their blitzes and just their, their guys up front are going to get home more often this season. And I think they're going to be a good team. Um, Texans have the personnel up front. Uh, they, they're, they're a really frustrating defense, though, because they play below their talent level. Uh, they lost Kareem Jackson. They lost Tyran Matthew. They do bring back Jadeveon Clowney, J.J. Watt, and Whitney Merciless. So they're going to have games where they have a lot of sacks, and I think they're going to play in shootouts. And, you know, we, we talk about on the, um, the, the weekly game breakdown for the last several years how – the defenses that we want the most are, you know, the defenses that are going to be playing in the positive game script and forcing the the, the, the offense to throw more. But there's also, um, uh, and Jonathan Bales uh, did a study on this, there's also merit a notch down to starting defenses that are going to play in shootouts uh, because things just kind of tend to have, like uh, more, cha- more chaotic things tend to happen in shootout games. I think the Texans are going to play in a lot of shootouts this season. They have the toughest schedule in the NFL. Um, 
And I think that uh, their, their defense, especially in the secondary, took too many hits this offseason. You know, relying, still relying on Jonathan Joseph as a starter. Um, and he's a guy that we've been able to pick on um, pretty successfully in fantasy over the, over the past few years, really old. Uh, their, their slot corner position was not good uh, last year. And then Bradley Roby, a uh, guy who they signed to replace Kareem Jackson, uh, he, I mean, he, he got toasted all last season in Denver. So, uh, and then uh, the Lions are in this tier uh, at defense number twenty. I like their. This is a team where I like the defensive personnel, and I like the coach. I don't know about Matt Patricia as a team builder necessarily, but I like a lot of the things they did schematically last year. Uh, they they had way more sacks than they should have. Um, a lot due to a lot due to scheming, and you know they got like seven sacks out of a guy like Romeo Aquara, um, and you know that was a guy that they got like kind of off the street. Now they add Mike Daniels, they add Trey Flowers, and they add Justin Coleman, and their their personnel defensively is much better. I worry about the offense. Another situation where I worry about the offense impacting the potential of the fantasy defense. Uh, but their their defense on paper uh, looks pretty darn strong. Let's get to Tier 5. Titans, Seahawks, Jets, Bengals, Cardinals. Yeah, and these are defenses where you just, you, you know, they're, they're just on the list because they're in the league, basically. Um, th- this, this tier and then the, the final tier. Tennessee actually has, I think, a pretty solid real-life defense, but, man, they are putting a lot of their chips into the basket of Cameron Wake, who is, I mean, he's like almost 40, and Harold Landry, who I really like as a prospect, but has been consistently injured over the last couple seasons. Um, and then they have, like, their number three pass rusher on the outside is Sharif Finch, who... You know, people have probably not even heard of. They do have Jarrell Casey in the middle. Their secondary, you know, I, I can I really I really like Kevin Byard, but uh, Dory Jackson I think had a, a disappointing season last year. Logan Ryan got hurt, and then uh, Malcolm Butler got he kind of got roasted for most of the year. Um, but I, but I think their defense is still above average overall. And, but I, I do worry about the offense again having a, an impact there. With the Seahawks, I mean, they have just gotten leveled by injuries and suspension. Uh, Jerron Reed, six-game suspension. Bobby Wagner just needed a PRP, uh, platelet-rich plasma therapy on a lower body injury. He's out indefinitely. LJ Collier, uh, their first-round pick, supposed to help them in the pass rush department. He is out indefinitely with an ankle injury. You know, they lost Frank Clark. Ziggy Ansah has yet to practice with them. Uh, so far in training camp, they lost Justin Coleman to the Lions. So the, and their their secondary, their corners last year were were pretty beatable. Uh, Trey Flowers and um, uh, Sha- uh, Shaq Griffin. So I, just the personnel right now is 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 in bad shape in Seattle. Uh, the Jets don't really have outside pass rushers and big questions in the secondary. Greg Williams going to dial up the heat. And, they, and I think they'll be better offensively. So I think that they will mix in some big games. I think, you know, if you're playing like in a best ball league and you got to draft two defenses, I think the Jets are not a bad late defense to take. 
but also not a defense that we want to draft in a season-long league to be like our week one starter. Um, Bengals, I think their personnel on defense is kind of underrated, but again, worry about the offense, putting them in beneficial situations. Uh, lost Jonah Williams, lost Kent Clint Bowling. A.J. Green is going to be out multiple games to start the season. They've got a first-year head coach with a lot to prove. So you know, that's why the Bengals are here. Cardinals, I think, could get interesting if their offense really overachieves. Uh, and they do have Chandler Jones, but they're also without Patrick Peterson for the first six games. So that's why they're at the bottom of this tier. Finally, tier six, Niners, Redskins, Giants, Bucks, Raiders, Dolphins. You think their defenses suck? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and none of them are really in good shape, you know, offensively to be able to counteract their their defensive um, shortcomings. I kind of wanted to like the 49ers as a sleeper uh, because I do think that their offense could take a leap this year, but they can't figure out the wide receiver position. Um and then on defense, I mean, they've already gotten hit hard. Nick Bosa out indefinitely with an ankle injury. Um, and, uh, you know, they're, they're just, you know, Quan Alexander, they're, they're big ticket free agent middle linebacker. Uh, he, you know, he's coming off an ACL and an MCL. Um, you know, just it's, it, it, it's, 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 uh, D Ford has struggled with a knee injury. You know, he, he was, they invested a lot into him to be the bookend to Nick Bosa. They had two interceptions last year as a team. Two interceptions. I mean, we could go out in, in like a thousand defensive snaps. We could go out in the backyard and get two freaking interceptions on a thousand defensive snaps. You know, I think that that number is going to go. Like, there's no way, there's nowhere for it to go but up. Uh, but I also think that they have maybe one of the worst secondaries in the league. So I think that they're actually going to be a shootout team. Love George Kittle and have really warmed up to Jimmy Garoppolo over the last couple of weeks. But uh, the rest of the, yeah, I mean, the Redskins, they're going to be bad offensively. I think their front seven is pretty good. Their defensive personnel is not bad, uh, but but they're, they're going to be in, in negative game situation scenarios for their defense. Same thing with the Giants, and the Giants don't have nearly as good defensive personnel. Buccaneers have just nothing – on defense, I mean, they. you want to talk about a team that has just been ravaged by injuries already. JPP out until midseason. He's coming off a 12-sack year. Um, uh, Vita Vea and then Levante David. I mean, these guys have already gotten hurt, you know, suffered knee injuries, and we don't know if they're going to be ready for week one. Uh, the Raiders, I mean, <laughs> they had 13 sacks last year, and the next closest in the league was the Giants, who had 30. I mean, there was a 17-sack gap between the bottom of the league, the Raiders, and the, the, you know, the next worst pass rush team. Uh, you know, they're relying on Cleveland Farrell, a rookie that they probably dra- overdrafted. And then, you know, what, what I mean, they're just throwing stuff against the wall. They're going to be really bad on defense. Uh, and then the Dolphins at the end, you know, they're, they're the worst team in the league. Evan, I love it. I think everyone now has all of your tiers, and we will take it to the next level next week with my offensive line tiers, which is always a popular show. There's a lot to be said there. Bengals, Jets, 
Browns, Bills. There's a lot of offensive lines I need to chime in on next week. Speaking of offensive lines, by the way, you can always see where these O-lines are ranked according to the Pro Football Focus folks. They are all over ranking every player, which helps for their PFF fantasy stuff. They offer the most in-depth stats and analysis to give you a massive edge over your competition. Don't waste another season guessing which players to draft or fade. Use PFF analytics to optimize every draft pick, trade offer, and DFS lineup. Sign up at pff.com. That's paulfrederickfrederick.com. Use code PFF25 to save 25% on your order. If you're a high-stakes player, they've got their green line game picks for NFL and college games. Again, go to pff.com. Use promo code PFF25 to save 25% for a limited time looking forward to next week evan where we will dive into my o-line rankings and also welcome in uh our new guest host which will be very very exciting everybody should be fired up for that other than that i'm stuffed totally full we're done make sure you check out the college draft podcast today it was awesome talking the top 10 college football prospects for this year we're done here Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.